This podcast is brought to you by the founders of Chabra Chai, an authentic and completely sugar-free chai tea company. This series, our theme will be inspiration. You don't have to save the world to be inspiring. And our friends are perfect examples of that, inspiring us every single day by being unapologetically themselves. Welcome back to the No Added Sugar podcast with Pratt, Casey and Ruby. Hello. Hey. And today we have Miss Amy Brown and Hello. Hello. Calais Peterkin. Hey so, guys. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. And just to give everyone a brief like guide to how we know you guys, we, me and Casey met Amy at university mm-hmm. and me and Ruby have known Calais since sixth form. Yeah. And yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so just to... Um, Give a backstory of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and sort of the inspiration for this Mm -hmm. episode. Um, Both of you guys have lost a loved one. Um, You both lost your dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, coincidentally, you're both pregnant. Well, Amy was pregnant. No longer. No longer (laughs) pregnant. And (laughs) Kelly is currently pregnant. I am. I think why we wanted you guys, and when we... So we wanted... This whole podcast, I don't know if we've told you, is about this series is about a story to inspire, so people who inspire us in our daily lives. And with you guys, it's like you're very much characters in your own right. Like you're very much you're, you're very mature. You're very independent wa- independent women. women. Um, and it would just make it made sense. Like yeah. so, and when we when we thought about this, we were like. Your, your first names that came up and we were like oh my god we should do it together like yeah. make it like a, a big one I need to stop saying nice things because I'm pregnant yeah. I'll cry <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry because once you start okay that's enough but <laughs> basically this is all about people who inspire us but not like I don't know we were saying it's not like Oprah even though she's very inspiring <laughs> it's like people who we know you well, know. if I ever wanted to go to advice like there are certain people that you yeah. would turn to. And that their advice means something. It's like, yeah, you can right, ask anyone yeah. for advice, but when someone's actually able to, like, no, like, this is... Articulate in a way yeah. that's actually meaningful, and, like, you guys definitely are that. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So we know this section might be quite hard to talk about and quite emotional, but it'd be really great to jump in and, and dive a bit deeper about Calais and Amy's experience of the grief, your stories... Um, a bit more on that. So, Amy, do you want to tell us about what happened with you and how yeah. it felt when you lost your dad? Yeah, sure. So, I was nine when my dad died, um, and I remember being on one of those, like, you know those residential, like, school trips where you go away to school and you stay there for a few days? Um, I was on one of those, and... Okay, brief backstory. <laughs> At the time, my mum and dad were like... Going through, they wanted to get a divorce, but like I don't think it was ever really going to happen. So things were a bit rocky at home, and we had been spending, say, like a few days with my mum and a few days with my dad. So when I went away, um, when I was due to come back, I knew that I was going to be like seeing my dad. It was time to be with my dad, and I remember like I kept saying, "Oh, I really don't want to go. <laughs> I really don't want to go home because I've got to tell my dad like first what I did and I, I was much more like a mummy's girl so yeah. I was thinking oh, I don't really want to see my dad first I want to see my mum and tell her about what I've been up to um and I think it was like the Thursday of the trip and we were due to come back on the Friday and um we'd lost the key to our room or something something silly and a teacher was like to me oh why don't you stay behind with me Amy and help me find the key so I was like yeah sure so everyone else went went off to do whatever they were doing and then um while it was just me and the teacher she was like I'm really sorry but you're gonna have to go home um and you know when you have that like gut feeling like don't get me wrong I didn't have like a gut feeling that he died um but I knew it was something to do with like my mum and my dad because like I said things were not good so I was thinking oh my god there's been some kind of drama and great now I've got to go home um and I'm like the eldest at the time I was the eldest of three so I just thought oh my mum needs me blah 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 um and so, like, it was a two and a half hour drive home, and I had to. I didn't know. Like, they didn't, no, tell, they didn't tell you. At they didn't all. tell me anything. Oh so they God. literally they just said you have to go home. Yeah. So and my head teacher literally drove me home, um, and they weren't allowed. Like in hindsight, now I know like they weren't allowed to tell me, but 
the whole way home, I'm just thinking, okay, this is just so weird. And I was so annoyed. Like, being a nine-year-old kid, I was just annoyed that I had to go home early. Like, even my friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, the next day we were going to the beach. Like, I didn't even get to say goodbye to my <laughs> friends. This this yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were in, a, I think it was Norfolk, so it was like a, just a cold beach. But still, I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm missing out. Um, and then when I got home, we... They dropped me at my auntie's house, which was like another sign that things were like really weird. Mm. And my mum came out hysterical. Like she was literally like crying oh, her God. eyes out and stuff. But like, as I've said, things were not good. So to be honest, seeing my mum like that wasn't like that much of a shock. Yeah, I'd seen her right. like that plenty of times. So again, still like no really alarm bells were ringing at this point. And um, we went up to um, my auntie's like flat. And we sat down, she sat me down on like her bed and she was just like, um, I'm really sorry, but your your dad's died. And I was literally, I was so confused yeah. because the first, like when she told me that, I was just sitting there like, you, you know when you're just like, pardon? Huh? <laughs> yeah. What? Because actually, for some reason, that hadn't actually obviously processed. I kind of thought that he was like in hospital and maybe he was dying yeah. or like he was unwell but when she's but died that like he's gone yeah. and I have what and I was literally the last person to know out of my whole family because obviously I was away yeah. um so it was just just a very very I was just completely in shock utter shock and um then seeing her cry I think then obviously triggers me to cry but I don't think I actually knew, knew what you were crying, knew what I was crying yeah. for didn't know what was going on and then um obviously you asked what like what happened how did you die and she said it was because he had epilepsy so um he she explained she he had a fit in his sleep but you know what even to this day now like i don't actually know how he died like i know that sounds silly but i know that he had a fit but i don't know if it was the fit alone that killed him i don't know if he suffocated i don't know like if he choked in his i just don't know like i still don't know so even it's like 13 years on or whatever i still have unanswered questions about that that whole thing and then you're like your brain goes into overdrive just thinking oh my god like was he on his own he died in his sleep so like was he on his own like was he scared yeah was he in pain and those horrible things but from that literally that second like i became like from a child like to an adult like in Mm. that moment because i honestly felt like I had to be my dad. I know I'm like a nine-year-old girl, yeah. but the weirdest thing you was like mature. I went. I was <laughs> mature. I was grown. Like, I had to be my dad. I had yeah. to be the man of the family as a as a nine-year-old girl. So wow. yeah, that was that was that kind of how all that happened. But the rest was it was literally downhill from that moment. <laughs> Not gonna lie, like <laughs> it was downhill from that moment until yeah, where we are now. But yeah, that that was my yeah. kind of. In a nutshell, that was my experience of it. And what was your like relationship with your dad before he passed? Because you said you were like more of a mummy's girl, but yeah, I was definitely a mummy's girl. But that that was just because I was I hate to say it, like I hope you don't listen to this, but I was brainwashed by my mum. Like yeah. I think you know when your parent, if anyone else is experienced, mm-hmm. you, your parents are like breaking up or they're arguing. It's so hard not to choose a side. Yeah. 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 You yeah. always well. go to your mum's exactly. side. Exactly. Yeah. Someone has to be right and wrong. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And as a female, like, obviously, I think naturally, you kind of do side with your mum. Yeah, definitely. You just think, that's my mum, isn't mm. it? Like, she's definitely right. Like, yeah. she's crying and you're not. So, exactly. what did you do? Yeah, yeah it's also like a man <laughs> so and a woman. True. Yeah. You're going to side with the woman just because it's like, well, but you, yeah. you don't really definitely. understand. And I saw things like throughout my childhood that were not very nice, like from my dad. And I just thought naturally, like, yeah, he's the monster yeah. and, and she's not. But I think from becoming an adult and, like, looking, just looking at it now, I see it completely differently. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm deciding with your dad. Yeah. Like, you, mom, oh you're God. acting so out of all yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> you're mom, you're crazy. That's like, <laughs> to top I it off, that. the child was siding with your wife as well. It's like, you must have been lonely. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And that, that is actually so true. And I also, like, as I've become an adult, I see how much I am actually like my dad. Like, I'm yeah. much more... 
um, just in all my characteristics, I'm more like a daddy's girl, mm. and I don't think my mum likes that. Um, <laughs> but obviously, like now because he's not here, it's quite sad sometimes. Be yeah. Because it's like I would love if I could have like an adult conversation with him and say how much we actually have in common. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes to show that some things are just like genetic. Like you're you're born like mm. that because yeah. obviously he hasn't been around to show me. Mm. Um, I've spent longer on this planet without him than with him. So yeah. everything that I am and do is just must be because it was like born in yeah, me yeah. or what I saw maybe in those early years and yeah so at the time when he passed away we had a great relationship like I loved him I did love him but I think unfortunately literally in those last few months of his life I was kind of like I don't know looking at him differently because of what was going on with him and my mum mm-hmm. which I obviously regret and I think I've kind of made peace with it now but in those first few years after he passed away like, I really didn't like myself like I just thought like I was so unnecessarily against him mm-hmm. because I was a child yeah. and that's not my fault. But um but yeah, I did adore him and I know that he adored like me and my yeah. sisters. Like he was such a good dad. He yeah. really, really was. Like he was a lovely dad, just maybe not the best husband, that's mm-hmm. all. But yeah. he was a per- like I can't I say. I think when you got him you realise like there's different roles Parents to what you are. are humans. Yeah. And yeah. I've learned this my like mm. what's going on in their relationship isn't actually not your business. No. Like it's n- unfortunately it does affect you but and yeah. you can't you can't actually avoid it because as a human you're like that's my mom yeah, yeah exactly but like it's so between them that mm. it's just when you grow up with your parents teaching you right and wrong as mm. well so yeah. you think someone has to be in the right someone yeah. has to be yeah. in the wrong and it's really hard to accept the with? nuance yeah. of yeah. just yeah. life yeah and, and, and there's any thing as well that you think is like wait aren't we like not supposed to do that yeah because you're my moral authority like you tell me yeah exactly what are you doing and then you get annoyed you're meant to be the mom and dad yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like seeing that pedestal kind of crumble and be like oh okay yeah so Amy you mentioned that um sorry um you mentioned that when your dad passed away then you took on the role as being Mm. the dad do you feel like your sisters also felt like that like did they look up to you like that too yeah absolutely I think they still are and they're grown now, yeah. do you know what I mean? Mm. But I think, like I said, I've actually always been mature. Like, my sisters bang at me now and say, like, you're just so serious, you're so I mean, mature. you drink Baileys, eh? <laughs> 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 That's a good time, a 40-year-old woman. <laughs> so please, at Christmas, okay? Just in December. Um, no, but I'm... Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I've always... I was always mature, but I think... Because as well, you know... Not that this is about my mum, but my mum was also like ba- like battling with like being an alcoholic. So obviously, my dad dying was like the biggest trigger for mm-hmm. her to yeah. kind of spiral out yeah. of control. So it wasn't just like I lost my dad. I feel like I lost my mum and my dad that same day mm-hmm. because my mum couldn't. She couldn't cope. Like she did not take it well at all. And you know she is still dealing with that now. Like I said, it's not about her. But ever since that moment. Um, I became the mum and the dad like my mum because she wasn't really dealing with it very well I think I tried to be like her rock and support her so like take on the kind of dad role but then it kind of turned into me just taking on every single role because she didn't really do anything like she just she was just so overwhelmed with grief and her own kind of situation that it was like it became clear that I had to kind of look after everyone, had to look after her, had to look after my sisters. I had to make sure that it was all still kind of ticking over. And I think, yeah, that's why it was such a big thing. Like it wasn't just a death of my dad. It, it was just, it was just like the collapse Change of, of the, the family. Fa- yeah, it was just the whole family just changed yeah. and it was just adjusting to that. But it happened so overnight, so quickly that, um, yeah, it was just more to deal with, I think, than maybe... Well, I don't know really anyone else's experience, but it seemed more to deal with than maybe like the average yeah. passing because it was literally like, yeah. There's a lot of respons- responsibility on a nine-year-old. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. How old were your sisters? Um, six and four. So they were like wow. very young. Yeah, they, they were really Did young. Did they even like really understand what was going on? No, like not, I don't, I don't think so. Like, no, definitely not. And I think when I've spoken to them as we've, as we've grown up, um, it's very clear to like with the one that was four, she doesn't really have any memory of my dad and yeah. um, 
any memory of kind of of that beginning time but you can kind of see how it's all how it's impacted them and I'm still learning stuff about myself about how it's impacted me because um just like just it's a trauma do you know what I mean like obviously a death is a trauma and it comes like it manifests itself in different ways and I just see like in confidence and maybe how you deal with um like relationships or just other like men in general do you know what I mean because when you don't have a dad um that's like your first person um first like man in your life isn't it that you deal with so how do you kind of interact with other men even if it's just like friends or boyfriends other men in the family like that not having that kind of guide um it really does kind of affect you without you realizing and I've noticed it myself but I definitely notice it with my siblings um yeah it's just it's it's bizarre like it's just it was just a mad time and like I said I think even to this day I'm still dealing with it and I think I probably will forever be dealing with it I don't think you don't just close the book on it do you know what I mean it's It's just literally it's a day at a time it's day by day and one minute I could be you know absolutely fine talking about it and the next minute I could just be like just in bit in bits about it maybe not so much now but it still is possible just say like anything could kind of trigger it so Calais what was your experience of sort of losing a loved one and dealing with the grief of that um so I also lost my dad and I was 17 when I lost him and um it was a kind of period of transition anyway because you're in that weird teenage phase Mm. where you're kind of trying to well you You think think you're grown you think you're becoming an adult (laughs) so I was in that and um so when it came to me and my dad I was kind of like in my rebellious like pushing back phase um and with us it was a little bit unusual because we'd been living in Guyana and I'd been living in Guyana with my family and for when I finished secondary school I came back to the UK um and decided to continue with sixth form and then going to higher education from here so I was already distant from my family I had been for like four months so I was kind of processing that like feeling like oh well, I'm so they were up. all in Guyana yeah so my siblings were in Guyana my parents were in Guyana um, and I was here so it was I was already I thought I was going through a hard time already yeah. <laughs> so I was like distant, oh yeah. this is horrible yeah, there's no right. sunshine just, at the start of sixth one as well yeah so you were in a completely new place new school I was like I had to get the bus to school. <laughs> there is no oh, driver. No. <laughs> yeah, like I had to, and it was like dark when I left the house, yeah. dark when I got home, because it was winter, because it was like <laughs> the winter term. And I, so I was already kind of feeling this, this like horrible distance. Um, and then they came to visit, and it, so it, it had kind of made me appreciate my dad a bit more. Yeah. Because when, I, at the time I left, we'd been like really like, oh no, let me, be free and he was like uh, no you're a child and then um, I think we both softened a bit yeah so he came to visit in November and we kind of like had a few moments we went for drives and just it was there was just like a, a lot more of a nice yeah. relationship I miss you yeah. energy <laughs> there um, and then he yeah he flew back and so my family um were all here they were all here on a visit and um, but he flew back before everyone so the horrible thing is that he was in Guyana alone yeah. And when he died, and actually, as he died, my my the rest of my family was on a plane back. Oh my oh gosh. So it was this horrible, like everyone finding out at different times situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually found out by someone sending me condolences on Facebook. Oh my god. Not knowing that I didn't know. Oh my. Because she didn't know that, because she was in the country, she assumed that. Oh yeah, of course. If I if I know, you know. Yeah. Like, you're the first person to get a call, but I'm in London. Yeah. So people hadn't been able to get on to me. Um, and then I said, for what? And then she backtracked, like, oh, I no, it's just, just, she just said, oh, just because, and you know when you know, but you don't want to yeah, believe it. She sure. goes, oh, no, because I heard your dad's in hospital. Oh, God. So she was young, and her parents had said to her, just only tell her that he's ill. Yeah. And then this was the story that a few people kind of kept up for a while. Um, and then they waited until I was with my sister to to let me know um yeah and you're just like it's so I'm the kind of person that goes to thinking the worst like if I don't hear from someone I'm like they're dead Mm. which is really horrible but but it's kind of my weird way of (laughs) it's my weird way of protecting myself like from 
react like from the harshness of the world. Do you think since that since your dad passed? No, I was like that way? before. Oh, okay. Because it doesn't feel real. So if yeah. I think the worst, it's never going to be the worst. And then this time it actually was. Yeah. So that makes sense. So I was a bit like, oh, mm. actually, it's actually happened, and it kind of sunk in really slowly. Um, but yeah, then it was this really weird transitional phase because everyone decided to move back to all be together. Um, and we were kind of forced to pack up his life and, and find closure really quickly. Um, Especially when you're moving. It's yeah. Like you have to just leave all these memories. Like all them. his, like, you know, his office, his, his, yeah. all his papers, his writing. We just packed up his life, basically, and our lives and just flew back. Um, so, yeah, it was a really weird transitional stage. And I think it did bring us closer, in a sense, initially, because you're, you're just also scared yeah. of, like, losing another member or you know you're all trying to comfort each other um but then as time goes on you realize we're all going through the same thing but we're not Mm, like i've lost my dad but my mum's lost her husband Mm -hmm. and you know her way of processing that um is going to be totally different to mine Mm -hmm. and then my brother's way of processing his relationship maybe he was younger and his um his kind of perception of my dad was different at the time so you find that um I, I did. I kind of had a resentment because I wanted everyone to kind of grieve the way I was grieving mm-hmm. and show their respect in the way I did and kind of like, um, yeah, it, it, it became a struggle just accepting that everyone has their own process. Yeah. But then you do come to respect, like, I think on the other side of that now for the past couple of years, it's made me respect each member of my family as individuals more, mm-hmm. just knowing that everyone has their own you really learn how different you are, your yeah. personalities and stuff, when you're all going through the same thing but differently. Um, so, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. And I think from then on, it's just been a horrible... Because it was so transitional, like, I, I even... I hated making any progress without my dad. Because, yeah. like, I, before that, I had done my GCSEs and, well, the equivalent in the Caribbean. Um, and, like, he was really proud and I told him and I would always tell him first kind of yeah. thing. Um, and then when I did my A-levels, it was a bit like... Who do I tell? Yeah. Like, I had my family, but it was kind of like, oh, he's not going to see this. Yeah. And then every little achievement was like, oh, he's not here yeah. for it. And so that was kind of a weird thing for a while as well, but yeah. yeah. And you mentioned, like, closure and, um, like, you all have to your own grieving processes. Yeah. I don't know, it's really confusing to make sense of what, what is closure in terms of grief. Like, I guess with, in, in like, relationship terms, closure might be getting over. Right, getting yeah, over and forgetting you exist. Deleting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, blocking you, like, from your life. But it, it's just not the same. There's like, I, no. I can't make sense of it. It's yeah. not, it's never closure in that sense it's more acceptance yeah definitely okay. um and accepting that it's never going to be okay and you're never going to find like mm. a reason because you really do try to like justify it and, and come up with yeah ways of rationalizing mm. what has happened mm. when you know he'd never been sick a day in his life he was always like if we if everyone in the house had caught the flu and it was catching like he was always the one that didn't mm. <laughs> was and it's like oh <laughs> really like we're like, you really saved up being sick to, like, just drop dead one day. Like, you, it would have been yeah. better if you had a couple of flus <laughs> yeah, exactly. and left it at that. Yeah. yeah, like, it was horrible. But um, I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely acceptance. And that's different for everyone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for me, it was, it was, well, I don't know. It was kind of bad because I did, I had, like, a wobble because it's where you, I was just at the age where you're starting to drink and party yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I would just, like, well, you guys have seen, we went to six form together, so there'll be a few nights out where I just, like, completely get smashed and then, like, a song will come on and I'll be like, ah! And it'll be someone's birthday and I'm, like, ruining the night and I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? But, um, that, and that, for me, was, like, kind of, like, numbing. Yeah. So I don't think I dealt with it as, dealt with it, um, head-on in, in a way that I yeah. should have. I, I kind of numbed myself for a while. Um, and I think for my mum, because she, she was still so young, she had to be like, wow, I've still got a whole life ahead of me and I have to, like, reinvent myself in yeah. a sense. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that looked like, oh, you're trying to, like, erase 
Yeah. yeah. Erase him. But to her, she's like, I can't be like a living shrine to another person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to like, you know... Yeah, I can't just devote my life to Right? My life. So she's like, people want me to be a bloody nun. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to live. Man. Yeah. And so like, it was kind of like championing that process for her, but also kind of finding it hard to see sometimes because mm-hmm. you're like, ah, uh, this isn't really how it's supposed to be you don't want him to be forgotten do you yeah like, that's, you the just thing. Don't. that's the painful thing sometimes you think everyone's like forgotten him like i'm the only one that remembers him and then sometimes you don't bring it up because you don't want to upset the other person mm. i remember walking in on my little brother crying and realizing like oh my goodness like he waits like as much as i thought was, was he hiding only... it before yeah like... he was hiding it yeah. so it was kind of like oh i've caught you kind of in your own personal process and and when i have my own i forget that everyone has their own private moments as well sure so yeah i think that was just as big a part of it as dealing with my own Mm, process yeah so how was your how has the coping mechanism coping mechanisms changed as you sort of have had more acceptance of the situation um i think now i'm nothing can compare to what time can do just Mm. in helping you because a lot of the rationalisation I've done of it has happened in hindsight. You know, you don't realise, you know, at the time I wouldn't have told you, oh, I have a self-destructive coping mechanism. You mm-hmm. wouldn't have known. Yeah, you yeah. don't. You just yeah. like doing what you can. Yeah. And then you step out of it a bit and you're like, whoa. So I think now I'm, I'm in more of a place where I can, I can kind of compartmentalise it a little bit. Mm. And just try to take joy in memories and in my family that's still here. And I'd love it, like, if my brother does something and I can just see an expression and be like, oh, my gosh, that's dad. Or, you know, yeah. um, it's good. And sometimes I just want to argue with my dad. Sometimes I'm like, what the hell? Because like, yeah. <laughs> we used, to, argue, arguments. We used yeah. to debate all the time. Yeah. And, and so I think I just, I, I look at those memories in a more positive light now. We were talking about this before, but, like, you were saying there wasn't that much support at school. So do you feel like yeah. that would have... Help, like, I think was... it really would have. Unfortunately, um, the school that we <laughs> were going to, and <laughs> um, they didn't offer me any counselling or anything. Um, it was just like a. They initially were like, "Oh, take as much time as you need, and then come back." And then I came back to like one catch up session, um, and then that was it, pretty mm. much. And I think there was a bit of a disconnect. Um, yeah, I just felt like I had to work it all out on my own yeah. Yeah. which is a that, huge ask yeah especially when you're new in the school it's like obviously we were friends but it's like we had you're not my long met. yeah we're not your long-term friends like yeah. i can't just vent to you guys all the yeah. time and i didn't know how to it didn't feel valid enough for me to come in and say no getting out of bed in the morning yeah is a feat mm. and getting to school is yeah so getting to school is like another <laughs> another layer but i that i had no way of seeing that as a valid situation yeah. or you know diagnosing that or recognizing that as an issue where do you like a question for both of you where do you feel like the biggest like support came from when you were having mm. like, a hard time trying to accept what had happened family i'd say yeah mm. so Just there family. wasn't obviously school wasn't helpful mm. also do you feel like because from what i've sort of read about and like listened to people are often sort of scared to approach this kind of yes, topic and yeah. they don't really know how to communicate with someone that's had to go through this mm-hmm. and to be honest I feel like even I feel like that and yeah. I've lost my dad like it's so weird because I think obviously I was actually a child like you were yes. older than me but as a child like, I remember when I did finally go back to school and I can't even remember how long I had off I think maybe it was like maybe two weeks but you know like it could have been less, it could have yeah. been longer, I don't know. Um, but when I did go back, obviously, everyone else was still a child as well. Yeah. Um, I think I was, like, the only one that had lost a parent. Um, definitely in my friendship group and stuff. So it's like, I kind of wanted... It sounds bizarre, but I went through, like, this period of kind of wanting people to remember, hey, look, I'm the girl that's dad just died. Yeah. Can you remember me? Can you recognise me? Yeah. And I think I even went up to, like a boy and was like oh my god do you remember um you know that man that picked me up a couple weeks ago that you were like because my dad picked me up like once and then everyone was like oh your dad looks so cool or whatever so I brought (laughs) brought that up so I was like oh my god do you remember that man that picked me up like a couple weeks ago and he was probably like yeah and I was like yeah he's died and it's like 
okay like do you want a medal like it's such a weird thing but i remember saying that <laughs> yeah, that you, you want a medal yeah. Yeah, you, do. you want to be home you want people to ask yeah you. You because want them to know how you're exactly because when i go home and i'm with my family you know obviously we're all aware of the situation mm, yeah but is it is that similar thing as well because even in my family you don't want to bring it up because you don't want to yeah. upset anyone you're all kind of trying to deal with it so when I step outside of my house, it's like I want someone to recognise me and, yeah. and pull me aside and be like, are you okay? How are you dealing with it? Like, What are you feeling? What are you thinking? And no one did that. Mm. And it's like, looking back now, because he died in 2005 and I feel like there was much less awareness about like mental health, yeah. um, definitely amongst children. Because even yes. now, I don't feel like people realise that a child can have anxiety and depression. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I know, looking back... I had severe anxiety, definitely suffered depression. Did the school offer any kind of help, any kind of like counselling, anything? Well, like, because like I said, I went, I started a new school a couple months later, and I think they were aware, so they um, put me into this thing like called Rainbows, and I'd, with other children, um, and we talked like a few things about grief, but it was, it was so like, it was just was nothing, yeah. to be honest, like, it was nothing, and I know that my sisters didn't get that and they were younger than me and I feel like they should have got got something and that was it it was literally a couple of sessions of that and nothing else and grief is such like an ongoing process that it just wasn't enough it's gonna happen to everyone so yeah yeah. exactly it's like there's a lot of sugarcoating as well when it comes to children because you don't you don't know how much they understand yeah so you don't want to they're very perceptive yes and you underestimate yeah. how yeah. much they do understand but you don't want to ruin their innocence at the same time yeah. and I think there's this hands-off like really scared mm. approach to it the only the thing I found most helpful even from people that barely knew my dad is hearing a memory because mm. it keeps them alive like to me so even the other day I went back to Guyana for a trip and someone laughed and made a comment because we were in traffic and they said oh my goodness Ronnie never used to get angry in traffic he would just laugh oh. if people were shouting and he, my dad loved driving it was just so weird like you know people get road rage yes like you'd I be in traffic know. and someone would be fuming and he'd just be like ha, ha, ha. it was so special to have someone else Recognize. remember just mm. a, a little quirk about his personality mm. so mm. it has like would you say your perspectives on things in life like have changed at all from like before and after it was like the worst has happened and I'm okay. Mm. Like it's not it's not okay, but I'm okay. I'm here. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And life does have to go on regardless. Yeah. And so now, like it's taken away a lot of the fear in life, in one sense. Mm. It's like if the worst was to happen in any case, the world would keep spinning, and I would find a way to cope. Mm. But it has made me a bit more paranoid now, and I think especially men, um, I think they tend to have this weird outlook when it comes to health sometimes. I know in my dad's case, he would brush things off and be like, I'm fine, get up, go. Mm. And it was only like... So there were no signs? like No, but you know, he knew, he said in the morning um, that he wanted to go to the hospital. And I know for my dad to say that, it had to be really bad. And then he had a heart attack on the way. So he, I don't know what he was, he was feeling kind of sluggish and then he decided to go to the gym and I think that was the worst decision. But he was kind of like, his first instinct was like, right, let me just get in the gym and make myself feel a bit of an energy boost. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's kind of like, yeah, like get up, go, go to work, just push through. And so now like when it comes to my brothers and my partner, I'm a bit like, no, mm. like if any small thing, I'm like, go to the doctor. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You know, it's not a joke though, because it actually isn't. really frustrates me when, especially guys, like, let's act on this because exactly. you, you don't know what it is. Mm. Like, yeah. and like, even with like um, prostate cancer and stuff, where yes. with breast cancer and stuff, women are so much better at checking. Mm. Um, but men, you're not checking. Like, yeah. I just feel like and there's loads of campaigns for breast cancer. Yeah. Like, check like, why, well. There's not enough, I don't yeah. think, for like men associated. Yeah illnesses or like it's not enough the spotlight needs to be shown a lot more yes i do try to bring it up when i can because (laughs) it is like it is really really any family gathering when we were kind of brainstorming this podcast we were probably thinking about what do we want to learn from you guys and then we kind of thought oh like what advice would they have for but then we thought, no, because we can't. Yeah, well, here it is. Yeah, definitely makes me realise that there's just nothing. I think what we can do is validate your experience. Mm. 
or like just to say be kind to yourself and understand that it's going to be a process yeah. and you have no idea what that's going to look like yeah so that doesn't sound like any advice at all but it actually helps in the moment when something doesn't look like how you expected it yeah. to you can be like okay there's no cookie cutter yeah. way to grieve you know that there are that tell you the five family, steps yeah. the five steps of grief did you? They don't happen in in any order and no. on any particular day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or people tell you like, how long is it going to take you? Okay, it's been a year now. She should be all. No, oh, hell no. Yeah, no. I had that at school. Someone, I had that it. Is, and, you're running out of sympathy now. Off. Yeah. Yeah, you're running out of sympathy now. <gasps> like, oh, sorry, didn't know I was meant to be over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. No. Let's resume life. So yeah, it is. It is something that I would definitely try to validate anyone's experience yeah, as well. and, and to talk about it more. Okay. Yes. Something I did want to talk about was like normalising it and talking about it more. And I know both of you have um, posted your dad on social media and mm-hmm. stuff. And I think prior to losing people close to me, mm. I was very ignorant to the whole topic. Um, and I think if I saw someone post something on um, social media, I'd be like, gosh, I feel really awkward now. Like, yeah. And it made me feel uncomfortable. But in hindsight, and losing someone myself, it's like, how, like this isn't about you. Yeah. This is about that person being yeah. able to like share their experience and like, and as you said, put out a memory, put out mm, that time yeah. when you were smiling mm. with your dad or you yeah. posed and you did that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was completely making it about me. And I think yeah. when people see a picture on social media and they're like, oh, like, you know, she shouldn't have posted that. Yeah. It's just like, it's social media, like, we don't want to see that. It's like, this isn't about you. Like, yeah. social media is people's place to, like, express themselves, express what they're feeling. And grief shouldn't be something that, or not even grief, a death of a loved one shouldn't be something that's yeah. not allowed yeah. to be shared on there. Because it needs the to be on the timeline. What's, yeah. what's the point yeah. of having social media if you can't post what you're feeling? You only have to post yeah. these glamorised, happy posts. Yeah, exactly. And so... I recently lost um, my cousin, and oh, when oh no, it's like, <laughs> um, but when she passed away, it was really weird because I just wanted to share all of her pictures. Yeah, and I was like, "What's going on?" Like mm. from from going to like, um, before being like, "Oh, I don't know how to feel when I see this," to being like, "I completely get it." Like, yeah. I yeah. just want everyone to know that this was my cousin, and yeah. she was, she she looked like this, and she was she was this pretty, and yeah, she yeah. posed like this, and she did this, and. She was really like everything yeah. about her. So I and I, it was really weird. Like I went through her whole Instagram and screenshot every single fifth photo, and I was just like, "What are you actually doing?" But I just wanted like it to be. I don't know. Like I just the power of pictures, I guess, because yeah. I just wanted it to be there. Like I just Amazing. wanted, and I was like, I wanted to post it, and I wanted to do it. And I was like, "It's why making you feel it made, It's me. Yeah. And it's my Instagram, and mm-hmm. like it's it's your Instagram. Yeah. It's your Instagram. Like if you want to post it, maybe it's a way of like immortalizing them. Like if they're on my Instagram, like. Yeah. They, yeah, they're not losing the they memory. Live on, not, yeah. they're, they're still there, and it's a happy memory for that person posting it. Yeah. I'm not posting mm. it being like, I'm like, you know, it's I'm not. No one has posted that from a I don't know, but from a place where they're so incredibly sad that yes. they can't. It's like they post it from like, like I'm so like this was a day, and I think a lot of the time, especially when a bit of time has passed, I think when it comes up, sometimes I feel awkward because, um, like in a conversation you know people will be like oh so how did you grow up and you say it and then and then they'd be like oh your parents still together or people will ask things and you'd be like oh my dad died mm-hmm. but um then it'll be like oh my gosh i'm so sorry and then they'll try change topic mm-hmm. and you're kind of like no no, no we can still talk about like yeah. i'm not going to tell you the whole death story but yeah we'll, we can still talk yeah, about something in my family like whatever the question was like i'm happy to speak about his memory mm-hmm. um and i think people do shy away from that a lot because they don't want to deal with the the weirdness of the yeah. emotions mm. they think you're gonna break down and start crying yeah. which i might catch me yeah. on a bad day i might <laughs> but, but yeah. this needs to this kind of topic about grief and speaking about it more needs to be like out there mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much more now especially mm-hmm. with the whole um way more people talking about mental health awareness this should be the next it's step true, because then true. when people do die people won't be so scared about mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. maybe it will help people more and then mm-hmm. the cycle of like grief and then suffering from yeah. mental illnesses or whatever happens next after that might be like reduced yeah. if mm-hmm. people do talk about it I think we've been fed this ideal of happiness yeah. like perpetual or of happiness as perpetual like joy like 
yay, yeah. yay, yay, yay. And not realising that you can be a happy person and go through things yeah. and process a range of emotions mm. and still, like, on balance, mm. be a happy yeah. person. Not, like, yeah. a happy person and, like, mentally healthy and everything. And I think um, the fact that we don't acknowledge those fluctuations as perfectly normal mm. makes us kind of freak out when anything disrupts that. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially, like, as you were saying earlier with social media, because we're, like, yeah, it's a happy fest, like, scroll, yeah. scroll, scroll. Yay, like, like, like. Yeah. And you're like, do I like a post about someone dying? Yeah. Like, you know? That's the weird yeah. thing. Or do I have to comment? Or do I... Yeah, yeah. Do they you can tell sometimes yeah. people... Yeah. But then, like you said, it's not about you. It's but, like, not. It's really not. When, yeah, when you don't know, it's like, should I like this picture on Facebook? Or should I comment on Sometimes you can yeah, tell yeah, people like, want to, like, say stuff because they feel awkward and you're like, oh, bless. Yeah. <laughs> with that, it's just even just, like, acknowledgement that you've seen it and you want to... Yeah. Like, now know. they've seen that I've liked it, do I message them privately or do I write under okay? the post? Are they okay? Are, but are right. they okay? But sometimes you but sometimes, though, I feel like you don't have to actually message me. Like, if I'm putting something yeah, out there, yeah, exactly. it doesn't need a message. Like, it's nice, yeah, you've seen it, but don't worry. Because I think sometimes as well, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel people are so empty with their words mm. as well. I'd rather you said nothing than say mm. something... That you didn't have a courtesy. Yeah, because, because actually, are you ready for what I'm about to unload yeah, on you? Yeah, Probably you not. Yeah. Exactly. Are you, are you strong enough? Can you actually hear what I've got to say? No. So... Don't worry either. Like you said, it's not about you. Like, it's about that person who wants to share mm. their memory or whatever. You know, you can see it, acknowledge it, and then keep it moving as well. Because, actually, I've had some people that I'm not that close with that feel like, if you ever need me, don't worry, I'm here. Yeah, I think it depends how close you are Yeah, well. we don't yeah. chat. So I, pre- I appreciate that you think that's a nice thing to say, but we don't speak. Yeah. And I don't think yeah. I'd be speaking to you about something so personal mm. to me. Um, the ones that are close to me... It doesn't even need words sometimes, yeah. do you know what I mean? Because I know they're there yeah. if, if I need them. I think, though, sometimes people are not sure if you have that. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, in case you don't. Yeah. 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 No, it is. I've heard some people say, right say like, oh, you didn't even, this is not me, it's like my mum's friends, or like, you didn't even message me when my mum died. Like, oh, yeah. you didn't tell me you were there for me. So it's like, so do I vocalise, I'm here for you, or do you know that I'm here yeah, for you? I think it's better for it to have been said. I'm just quite intrigued. I don't know if this is a thing or not, but is this just like a very British thing? Like, how did you find it going back to Guyana with like mm. the Caribbean culture? Oh my! Is I should different? have mentioned this. Yeah, completely was, different. Yeah, this is what I thought. Like, death are they is a part of life. This is what yeah. I was thinking. I mean, they'll cry and I and all this, but they'll express their emotions right. out, and it's. I think yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so much, like, it's so completely much different. Around. No, yeah, people don't. I mean, they're completely tactless, which was hard mm. sometimes. But it does help because they bring things up. Yeah. Um, that you maybe wouldn't have. You have conversations that you maybe wouldn't have had because people here are like trying so hard to be polite. That's the thing. I think, feel like it's so hard with British culture, but everyone's so like, oh, am I saying the right thing? Yeah. Ooh, I don't want to. Yeah. Make oh my bad, God, people don't care. Yeah. Sometimes they say yeah. stuff. I was like, oh my goodness. People <laughs> like, oh, why are you doing a cremation? I thought you were a Christian. You sure he'll be able to get into heaven that way? I'm like, really? Wow. You were like put into my head, like, oh no, maybe your dad's going to hell because yeah. you didn't bury like. What is wrong yeah. with you? But like she was, she, she was being horrible. I'm not recommending that anyone. But what I'm saying is like that's just an example of like how bad it can go. But They're also a demonstration of how much more comfortable people are with yeah. just yeah. discussing the ins and outs of it, um, and you know, just being well meaning. And everyone will turn up. You know, like random people. Yeah. <laughs> no one has this like. Oh, I'm, am I close enough? No, everyone seems yeah. close enough. And even yeah. when I went back to the um, Caribbean. I went back to St. Lucia last year for my great-grandma's burial, I guess. She, no, she hadn't been, she'd been buried, but it was like, all family came together to celebrate it. But it was, it was just very different. And I, I I haven't been to that many funerals, but I, you never imagine anything like that happening in this country. Like, Mm. it was just, it was like a celebration, but a a sad, a sad celebration that moved to happy celebration. And then it was like, and I don't know if um, you other Caribbeans have ever experienced this, or even anyone. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we love taking pictures of like, like as and and there's so many pictures in my grandma's house of like dead bodies. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I, I know. know. I can't deal with that. And I don't understand why we're doing this. But I can, it's clearly they're like <laughs> they're more like for them. Per- yeah. I don't know if, if it's not a whole psychological thing. I think thing. it's a Caribbean. It Caribbean yeah. like, my cousin came over and was like, oh. Auntie so and so wants a picture, and I was like, 
Uh, <laughs> I was like, go on then. <laughs> I was like, I just don't want to see it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know and it was like it's circulating. It's, it's, yeah. They filmed the whole funeral yeah. as well. There's like, a lot of recording. There's a lot the... of like, maybe it's like the death is part and of them. It's an experience. Maybe because they, it's, an it's also a religious thing as well. They pro- that body is going up to heaven or something. Yeah. Maybe it's that full body is yeah. going. So it's like, it's not a death in the sense that we're losing them. It's more that they're up there and they're watching. But I, I, it probably has some kind yeah. of just connotations. Um, but it's it was so different in terms of like what mm-hmm. you were saying, a culture difference well, and the wakes of, as well. Yeah. Oh my god, it's like a link up. Like everyone, yeah. yeah. like there's drinks and there's like because yeah. my family's like from Jamaica. And yeah. um, do nine night. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? A nine night. So like when we went to like it was at my grandma's house. And it was packed, like there were so many mm. people and I was thinking, did you even know my dad? Like, mm. you didn't know him. I've never seen you before, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, people are like, I remember my granddad and all of them not like playing dominoes. Mm. And, of course. Yeah. yeah. And like, it was such like a loud, like, celebrate, yeah. like there's food, there's drink. And we're thinking, hold on, this is not a party. Like someone has, my dad has died, like, yeah. hello. Because yeah. again, yeah. you know, being a child or whatever, and you're thinking, wow, like no one even really cares. Like mm. they're just having fun and it mm. doesn't seem right. And yeah, it was just so many people like. So it's not going to let you be in that house alone. No, it's before the funeral. As soon as they die, people start coming to your house with food, drink, everything, and it's like, yeah, I think it's just so you're not in the house by yourself moping. It's like we're here to mourn with you, but it's also sharing memories. When people came to my grandma's house after my dad died, I just walked in and I was like. I just deadpanned the whole room <laughs> and everyone was like hi and then my grandma even like I was like why are you having to tell these people who I am like if they really knew him they yeah, were like, yeah. <laughs> she was like oh that's his daughter and then they were like and as I walked out one of my aunts was like excusing me like she's usually a lot more bubbly don't worry she's just going through a lot and I'm like duh they should be able to work that out yeah. themselves but I think I'm glad that that was going because there were people there celebrating his life so even if for, for if me that couldn't be my process mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he deserved to have his life celebrated right. by yeah. some people who were more able to at that time. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you guys about how, because you have lost someone so incredibly close to you, how does this affect when you hear about other passings but of people not so close to you? Um, or is it like, oh. I don't, how, how, have you, how do you deal with grief now that you've experienced something that seems like, the highest level I think of I, I don't yeah. think I'm good with it to be, mm. I'll be honest with you like I'll give you a quick example like my um granddad passed away a couple of years ago it was my dad's dad and we weren't um very close at all and um I ended up going to because I didn't go to my dad's funeral for yeah very weird reasons um but so when I went to my granddad's funeral it was actually the first funeral I'd been to mm. but because I hadn't gone to my dad's funeral it was like I kind of took that time to grieve my dad and that wasn't really the right thing to do because I was literally like crying my eyes out um, and it it just took away from that person. I mean, you know, my granddad wouldn't know and it doesn't really matter. Like I said, we weren't very close and I, I don't really care if I'm honest with you, but it's like every person that dies now, whether I know them, I don't know them, just anything. Like I always grieve my dad. I never yeah. grieve that person. And I find it, I actually find it really but it's difficult. it's hard to be reminded of, like, someone that you've yeah, lost when you go to. Yeah, but, like, even, I've le- lost people, like, last, a year ago, I lost um, one of my aunties. And, you know, I was close to her, and I, like, so I did grieve her as a person. But even still, like, it still wasn't about her. Mm. Like, at, the, at her funeral, like, it was still about my dad. Like, everything is about my dad, just any person. And I try and avoid death as much as possible so like when I hear about people that have died I don't really want to know how I don't want to know I don't want to know anything like if it's not someone I know personally say like like cadet died the other day like I don't want to really know about the circumstances don't want to imagine his family's grief because it will it will set me off like and it will take me back to those moments which was so hard I just I just don't have yeah. Even though I said I'm strong or whatever, I don't have the strength to relive it. So yeah. I really try to avoid anything really to do mm-hmm. with. I don't want to know. I just don't yeah. want to know. I I I'm kind of similar, um, where I know okay, I only have the capacity for so much emotion. Mm. Like I'm kind of good. I also lost my granddad shortly after my mm. dad, 
well he it was like two years after I think mm -hmm. and um I was able we knew my granddad was going though he, he was um, suffering from cancer and before then I already made peace saying Kelly you don't have the capacity to go through this again mm. we weren't as close but um I started to kind of have guilt trip myself about not doing more at the end mm. but it was kind of forced um I would check in on him but you wanted to then be like oh granddad blah, blah, blah. Mm. but that wasn't our relationship yeah. and so it was like I had to kind of have a moment with myself and be like you can't force it and make yourself guilty for what wasn't just enjoy it for what it is kind of thing yeah. and i kind of gave myself that closure mm. more easily because i had already been through it but yeah. it was still very hard at the funeral being like oh my gosh like i felt for my uncle because he lost his only brother and then his dad yeah. like really close um wow. but yeah so to me it was but to me it was a bit like yeah i can't take on yeah other other people's grief or because yeah. you just you understand the gravity like it doesn't feel abstract anymore yeah exactly because when someone else dies that's yeah, far that's it feels so yeah it just it feels so feel far abstract, removed yeah. it's so hard to make it feel real mm. and so once you've had it sink in you can't really let it sink in again and yeah, again you and don't again. want to like it's, yeah it's like knowing you're like at the top of like a roller coaster and yeah, you're about to like yeah. and i'd rather not like i'd rather i just in a way, like, I'm can be kind of cold in some, like, I'm so extreme, like, I'm one or the other, like, I can either be so emotional, like, about everything, or I have to, like, for my own good, I have to just be cold, yeah. I have to cut off, because I just won't, I won't be able to take it, yeah. which is really, like, I don't know if that's a healthy thing, but, yeah, if just for my own sanity, like, mm. but I also think that's because I didn't go to my dad's funeral, so yeah. I didn't have right. that closure, yeah. which I'm still, like, like I'm still asking for now those things are helpful yeah I think something I'm dealing with um which has definitely been helpful it's been helpful dissecting it through this conversation is this I don't know if it's a real thing but I've made it up or it is a real thing it's like grief anxiety so I'm like I'm really scared to like so it sounds really weird, but I'm really like I don't wanna I don't wanna marry anyone I don't because I don't want oh, you to die yeah, yeah that's and that's, then I have to deal with that and it's like oh I don't wanna have a child because like what if I yep. die before them or like sorry to say yeah but um yeah. Oh, I don't want to yeah I don't want anyone close to me like I was like oh I don't have any, but I'm, I'm sad I have a sister because mm. then I lose them yes, that's real yes like, no that and, is very real, and I went yeah. through a time where I was like oh I don't know if I want this long-term relationship because I don't want to be so invested in someone mm. and then you go I don't want to have friends yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just want to be alone yeah, yeah. I just want to be alone and it's like that's really not healthy I am petrified of going through what my mum went through mm. yeah same because I'm like how can you be like they hadn't even hit 40 yet when I was 39 yeah. so was my dad really yeah he was 39 that <gasps> that's crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mum was 30 like just like, turning 30 what kind of age is that to that's so young do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've, you've just, just started, like yeah. yeah. I mean, my my parents had they started early, so. But then, like, <laughs> and then it's so funny because yeah. it's like, oh, it's good. At the time, my grandma used to be like, oh, why did you start so early? But then she was like, it's good because you've lived your life yeah. so fully. Like yeah. they had five kids, and like travelled the world and stuff. But at the same time, you're like, there's so much There's more so much to be done. Yeah. Like, what on earth is that? And I am petrified of having my world completely. In that way, yeah. upset. and has to like can restart her life again. Yeah, she completely yeah. changed her life. Everything you know is yeah. like, it is it's very change, real, right? very, yeah. very real. But I think it's harder if you distance yourself from people or don't treat them as you would have yeah. wanted to, just because of because you're, you're gonna lose like, them anyway, yeah. and you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I had like Done experienced it, right. you more fully, and you know treated you more. You kind of just have to get on with it. Mm -hmm. Like with those thoughts, you kind of just have to still get on with it yeah. like what can you really do i feel like we were kind of saying earlier about grief it's never ending and i think that kind of grief anxiety as you were saying kind of is part of that it, it may never be ending but you just kind of learn to live with it and live through mm -hmm. it do you know what i mean like just when you realize like yeah people will die but you don't have to reflect on that all the time like live life live in why be thinking of something before it's even happened yeah. do you know what yeah. i mean live in the moment it doesn't make it hurt any less yeah if you exactly live it now yeah okay so now we'd just like to finish off with 
asking you guys about your babies and your pregnancy journeys because obviously Calais you're pregnant at the moment I was saying it's your beautiful big bump <laughs> and Amy your baby's waiting at home for you yes, <laughs> so can you give us a few like funny stories um, about things that have happened to you or cravings yeah cravings yeah do you have any weird cravings <laughs> well do you want to go first because you're actually pregnant so yeah well yeah I Right now, I don't discriminate. It's equal opportunities. Every snack. <laughs> I really, I eat so much. There's nothing I'm really particular about. But when I first, I first knew I was pregnant because I consumed an entire tub of Nutella mm. within about two days. And I was like, something oh, I thought you'd is not right. I do think I could do that. No, because I was trying to convince myself that I wasn't eating the whole tub. So I I didn't do it with a spoon, I did it with a knife. (laughs) (laughs) I kept dipping in. No, I kid you not. I kept dipping in with the tip of it and taking tiny, like, pieces. You need to go little little portions. Literally, but I worked my way through that, yeah. I tried to convince myself that that's not what I was doing, but definitely was. Life is dangerous. (laughs) Cut your tongue. I I know. Yeah, no, it was terrible. (laughs) I was actually the same like I anything was up for grabs I think my appetite just increased so much like I would yeah. eat everything I loved I just wanted to eat like a lot more of it and then on the way home from work I used to like go and always buy like a vanilla milkshake and those sweet Thai chilli mm. crisps that just I went through them like oh. a stage of yeah sensations oh. like they were getting bought every single day without fail to the point where I was like I don't even want to look at them now but then I moved on to other cravings, which was so weird. Because you know, you hear stories like people like, my mum think was saying, yeah, I just wanted to eat, eat like the brick out of the wall. Yeah, my mum used to eat Yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's all that. I was like, mum, I could have been deformed, like, you ate chalk. Yeah. But she was like, it's a different type of chalk, you can eat that chalk. No, I, I don't believe her lies, but yeah, she yeah. used to eat chalk. People used to tell me this and I'd be like, oh, I'm yet to have anything like that. And I was thinking, what's wrong with me? Then it hit me. <laughs> was it late on? Did you it was, eat the it was about probably your stage. <gasps> so I'm not in the clear. No, no. Because what happens is like you go through this stage of nesting. Like I don't know if you're in it yet, but like yeah. you want to clean, you want to get like the nursery ready for the baby, you want to yeah. like decorate, do this and that. And because I was living at my um, boyfriend's family's house, like I didn't have my, my own house. So I was have like this massive urge to clean, had no words like to clean. So I used to watch cleaning videos. <laughs> Like, oh. even now, yeah, like, on, I have, like, a YouTube account, and, like, I'm subscribed to so many things that sometimes it pops up now, it's like, so power, power hour, like, speed, <laughs> speed, <laughs> speed clean with me, like, it still comes up, and sometimes no. it just, like, haunts me. So I used to, I was going through these, this phase of watching, like, just so many videos a day, That's anyway. Kind of like a craving, though. Like, yeah, but then from that, developed a craving for, like, carpet. Um. So, like... <laughs> Because I was like, I think it's because I was seeing people like vacuum, like hoover their carpet, and it's so satisfying. And it would make my mouth water. Like, Like, even now, actually, explaining it, I can kind of still imagine. And but it wasn't like (laughs) she wasn't like the actual. No, no, no. Like, luckily, I refrained. Like, how close were you to eating carpet? You were a non-practicing Because basically, it sounds so weird. But it had to be like the white fluffy carpet though. Like it couldn't be any carpet. Like it was white. Wow, you were carpetist. Like yeah. You get a white fluffy carpet. It had to be. And it was so funny as well because one I had let the secret out and told. I thought like I told my boyfriend and was like, yeah, I just have like this weird like desire to kind of eat carpet kind of thing. And it just so happened he happened to have like a massive roll of carpet downstairs. <laughs> so he let so you like, he brought it upstairs. <laughs> and like, I remember him putting it like, on the bed. Tempting and I was like, you. <laughs> the thing is though, it really wasn't doing it for me, but I had like, I just remember like, sniffing it. Like, I don't <laughs> I just had to like, <laughs> smell it. Work. But it wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the right kind. It wasn't, it wasn't no, kind it wasn't of good white. enough. It, it wasn't good enough for me. It, it wasn't, wasn't white enough. enough. It wasn't fluffy It wasn't, it wasn't. So no, that was my experience with that. I mean, I wonder yeah. what it would have been if you actually ate it, because you can't digest carpet. No, like, I think, actually, I'm not even going to go there with what I wanted to do with it. I just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> It sounds more like a fetish I just crazy. Like, oh, no, like, it was weird. Like, I just, I think I just wanted to <laughs> in my mouth. I don't know what I think. I didn't want to swallow it. I didn't want to swallow it, that's what happens. I never did, though. That's the main thing. I never did. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> Good show of restraint. You won't be laughing when you're pregnant. I'm interested to see what you usually get. Exactly. The crazy game. So I did a few of the sad guys. Hit me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just wait. Put the carpet 
No, I will. I will hide my shame if that. <laughs> so it's now time for our tea break segment, which is where we ask our guests to tell us about what inspires them, or share something with us that's happened to you, which has changed your behaviour or thinking in some way, which has just made you more inspired. So, Ames. I think mine has to be just becoming a mum. Like, I know it might sound a bit cliche, but that has changed, like, my whole life mm. and definitely my child because, obviously, to everyone, like, everyone thinks their child is special, but I just think he's such, like, an amazing little boy. Yeah. Mm. And just seeing him, obviously, he's a child, like, he's 10 months old. He doesn't have a clue about, like, the world or, like, everything is so exciting and so amazing to him and... He has definitely inspired me to like have more fun and be just just live life. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like oh. things are not worth worrying about. It's like some things are, but <laughs> a lot of things are not. Do you know what I mean? Just mm. live in the moment. Just enjoy yourself, have fun, and yeah, I think that's what inspires me. He inspires oh. me. And can it? Um, actually, yeah, it's it's kind of related. But now starting this motherhood journey has really made me appreciate my mum mm. so oh. much more. Um, because yeah. She did it five times. Lord knows why. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and also just the, like, because I think I struggled a lot with just surrendering to the process and knowing you're not in control um, and realising, because she's kind of like, now that we're all a bit older, she's picked up and she's doing her own thing and living her life and it kind of makes me feel empowered. Like, you can be there for your kids and do everything and still live life to the fullest. So I'm kind of, like, holding that up as my example and... Yeah, hoping to emulate it. Aww. That's so nice. So that's all for this episode of the No Added Sugar podcast. Thank you so much for Amy and Calais for talking with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's been great to be here. Yeah, thank you. And I hope you guys listening can take away as much as we did on sort of losing a loved one and dealing with grief. Um, motherhood. Mm, yeah. Maybe. It's not all doom and gloom. No. <laughs> the circle um, of life. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thank you for listening to this episode. Please follow us on No Added Sugar Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and we also want to hear what inspires you. If you have any feedback, scram or email us at noaddedsugar at gmail.com. Bye! Bye! Bye.